So crumble cookies on me if you can even remotely tell me what is happening in this picture. Uh, so this is a parody of that Spider-Man meme, right? It is, but that's that's the most basic. That that doesn't count, mm-hmm. or that's that's not the element of this that's interesting and or anything. Uh, I guess the only other thing that's standing out to me is that either Taylor Swift is taller than I imagined, or the other two people in this photo are relatively short. I actually, I think is is Taylor Swift five ten? Taylor Swift height. 5'11". Yeah, okay. so yeah, taller taller than I expected. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so is that the gist of your understanding here? Do you know who either of the other two people are? I do not. No. Do you have, and not even a tiny, the world's tiniest guess. Are these like her like stunt doubles or something? <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you... <laughs> Do you know who? So this photo, I think, is probably from like 2011, maybe. Um, do you know who? Are you familiar with the Twilight movies? Uh, sort of, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Do you know who Taylor Lautner is? No. I think he was. So with the Taylor, with the, with the Twilight movies, there was either uh, the Team Edward or Team Jacob. Does this ring a bell? Yes. Okay. So he he was Jacob. Got it. Okay. Which one were, which he, one were you? Other than the fact that I still own that hollowed out copy of Twilight that I got from a Secret Santa thing. That's that's that my only connection to Twilight. Hmm. But no, so uh Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner uh dated very briefly in two thousand nine. And this is notable because uh Taylor Swift recently released uh her the Taylor's version of the Speak Now album that came out in twenty ten. And in one of the bonus tracks or uh, the from, from the Vault tracks, uh, there's a song called I Can See You. And um, late 2000s heartthrob Taylor Lautner is uh, featured uh, heavily in the music video for that. But the reason why this picture is interesting. So with that context, do you have any guesses about the third person? I'm guessing that she is another Taylor. Correct. Okay. Can you try to piece together the last element of this then? Uh did did the did the the guy in the photo did he date her too? So <laughs> uh so Taylor Lautner, the guy in the middle, uh-huh. is married to uh the woman on the right whose name is also Taylor. So Taylor Lautner is married to himself, basically. Like name wise. Interesting. And there's three tailors in the same photo and that's and so i guess an, enough time has passed where they're, they're they all get along now it seems oh i'm sure I, I think this was one of the the briefer things where taylor swift absolutely has not written uh an, an angry or a, okay. a song based based in deep hurt like many of like most of most of her discography got it okay <laughs> anyway but this is very fun and i also just did not know that one again, it's a, it's kind of a, a perspective thing with the uh, with the photograph, but also that Taylor Lautner's a little bit a little shorter guy, uh, and also that he is married to somebody else. So it was yeah, Taylor and Taylor Lautner. That's that's kind of that's kind of cute and also a lot. Okay, so I was I was kind of on to something there, with, with the height thing. That was that was one of the things you keyed in on. 
Well, that wasn't that wasn't uh, crucial to this, but it is actually something that I'm noticing more now. That's kind of interesting. But, but yeah, I can see you as, as is is an okay song from the vault. We we probably not this week, but we might get to more on the third re-release of a Taylor album. But well, this will anyway, be in the notes as the triple Taylor photo. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one other bit before we just settle into uh, Ryan speaks uh, sickly for a while because <laughs> one you're feeling you're feeling under the weather Some, and also, summer summer cold number two. Well, also probably travel cold. Well, then maybe yeah, travel well, slash we, young kids, probably some combination thereof. Mm-hmm. But now I have an, uh, a different thing that I stole from Reddit, and I this is I was probably not going to go anywhere, but it was just, it's a fun thought experiment and maybe something to rattle around in listeners' brains for a while. And I I didn't say the link, so I don't know who asked this, but somebody posed the hypothetical question. Uh, which celebrity do you think makes the best nachos? <laughs> so I'm going to put uh, uh, an asterisk or like or uh, some boundaries on this, which is that it's, it has to be a non-food celebrity. Damn it! Uh, you... So I'm going to give my two picks, <laughs> which it. are only from like thinking about it, like while I was stalling for the past five minutes, lying, saying I was trying to organize the thing. Because I didn't actually, this is one of the things where, well, like lawyers always say, don't ever ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. I always think of show openers that I haven't actually thought about my answer to. <laughs> so I'm thinking either, well, I'm thinking of three. And this is very much in the, what's the guy's name? Vince Gilligan universe. I think either Bob Odenkirk and Brian Cranston can probably whip up some very good late night impromptu nachos with whatever's just in the fridge. And also, I don't know her personality, but. I feel like unguarded, just at home with nothing to do, Jennifer Aniston probably would do okay here too. Well, I, you know, I mean, there was a Guy Fieri answer that was just sitting there for me, but you've, you've taken that away. Well, we'll get to that with threads in a minute. <laughs> um, I'm going to say John Hamm. See, I thought about that. So, mm-hmm. were you a thir- were you a Thirty Rock person? Uh, yeah. Do you remember the episode where, where he and Liz, uh, yeah, her name was Liz Lemon, uh, dated like for a couple episodes? V- vaguely, yeah. There was I an episode. I think that. it was. I think it was called The Bubble, and it was an episode where um, she just goes around with him all over New York City, and everybody is just so nice to him because he's so handsome. Mm-hmm. And then she, and but he just kind of, everybody's like, oh, you're such a great tennis player. You're such a great cook. You're every, you're all these things, but he's actually terrible at all those things. But it's just that he's a very attractive man. And that's, that's why that works. And then one time at, uh, while they're at a diner, she holds the menu in front of his face while he makes a silly request that somebody normally would have said yes to. And he, he gets given a very New York, uh, un- unkind response to it. And it's, 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 it's a very fun episode, but I do Maybe that's my points against is that I I I grade uh, like very attractive people like more negatively. I think I think John Hamm put is probably not a very good cook. Well, so I'm kind of going too direct, or I I have two reasons I guess for my answer. Reason number one would be I could see him having you know a fun evening out, coming home and you know needing a a quick snack before bed. I feel like he can can make a good set of nachos in that circumstance. 
on the kind of total flip side of it, I, I, I could see him being a, a gentleman. And if he's, you know, having a, a date at home or something and, and nachos are requested, I could see him putting something nice together. So the thing about that is that you assume that he, as a 52-year-old man, is not married. Well, I mean, this is like a kind of a, like a fictional John Hamm. Not like, not like the real John Hamm. Uh, he actually got married this year, apparently. Well, he had been... What's, what's his wife's name again? Remind me. They had been dating for like a, a long time, right? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, uh, and also, really? unfortunately, because going to John Hamm's Wikipedia page, apparently he was married or he had a partner from 1997 to 2015. Oh, maybe that's what I'm. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. And then, well, but and then, uh, I'm, I, I don't dabble in this, but this will be very brief. Uh, he, he is 52. His former wife or partner was 53. Can you guess the age of his current wife? Oh, well, I'm. Oh, our, if you get our, it within, our age. If, well, I, I just Google searched it. Uh, he's pulling a Leo. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Well. Going back to another Taylor Swift lyric, uh, the uh, a part of one of the best lines of the all too uh, the ten minute version of All Too Well is, uh, um, uh, no, uh, I get older, but the people you date or uh, all too well older. Oh, I can't find it anyway. But yeah, there's there's a good lyric that goes along with that. But anyway, I I I, I thought of John Hamm, and the answer is maybe, but I don't know. I feel like he's too fussy, or he just would, he probably he's probably he probably has one of those rich people kitchens, where like if you just get home, like he probably, I assume ultra wealthy people who like are famous and travel, like they probably honestly don't even like if you ask them like where are the salad tongs in their kitchen, they wouldn't know. Assuming they even right? have salad tongs, yeah. How else would? Just you assume think that he, food he, is just he it, gets he gets blue it, barn flown in from. Just yeah. cross country, yeah, some, yeah, something like that. Or he managed to make get a blue barn franchise, like put like in an ex, in, a, in an ADU in his backyard or something. Or he, you know, has a personal chef, but they sort of bring over their their whole kit with them, kind of like in Top Chef, how they always have their you know own thing of mm. knives. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, once they get too old, he says, "Pack your knives and go." Okay. <laughs> Um, one of the good answers on that Reddit thread, and then we'll get out of this, is that somebody said Will Ferrell, and I think that's probably the perfect answer. That's yeah, that that's the answer I wish I would have come up with. That's pretty. He's cool. got like he's got like the kind of the the chaotic everyman energy. He, like like Will Ferrell, like I I'm sure like he's like he's a, like just like would probably be a fun hang, even for somebody who doesn't like fun hangs. He he totally would be because he's the rare type who seems like a total goofball and, and probably legitimately is, but also is also probably a really smart, yeah, like nice guy. So he can kind of, you know, go either way, which is a, a rare, a rare quality. Yeah. And also the other thing is that one of the best TV shows in the past 20 years, uh, apparently Will Ferrell, um, was, one of the people that helped make succession happen. Hmm. Like, I don't know what exactly the, like, I don't think he was still involved in the show at the very end, but he and Adam McKay, um, were the two of the people that got HBO to pick it up. So, huh. Fun times. The more, you know, yeah. 
And then in terms of the people who I think would make the worst nachos, uh, the one I thought of was uh, Michael Barbaro. I swear to God, he would make he, it would it would not even resemble nachos. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Well, it's kind of because it feels emblematic of kind of the gray lady, the whole aesthetic. Like, because the again, even though like R.I.P. Darth, I don't actually like. I don't have a blue sky invite. I'm pretty sure he stopped posting to X. Um. So I don't. I can't keep up with it. But there was the whole controversy uh, of the whole. How do you? What's it? How do you make guacamole? And they they said use peas. Like it. I feel like he, (laughs) Michael probably subscribes to. Uh, weird ass like there's probably like saffron and tofu in his nachos like no if I, I don't know if he's a vegan or something but he'd probably make terrible nachos i bet he wouldn't know how to make good nachos but i bet he would know where to get get good nachos in new york mm, hard disagree i mm. feel like he is not the kind of person who would ever buy a hot dog on the street in new york well, no, I'm not saying he's buying nachos on the street. I'm saying he probably knows a good place to go, you know, get takeout nachos from. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, all right. And then one, so we'll, actually, let's, let's get into real business. And actually, this flows right into follow-up. So I think you signed up for Threads. Have you opened it after the first day? I haven't opened it in a while i opened it a few times after that first day but it's it's not not part of my uh, daily workflow as you would say okay i let me stall for a minute because i don't think threads has a very robust website oh it does so if you go to so can we talk about one mr robert flay i've more often referred to or called bobby flay yeah huh mm-hmm. so he there's a few i don't follow him closely because i'm not i'm not a big food network watcher mm. um didn't know that about you yeah uh i did not know that bobby flay one bobby flay has the most oh boy i i kind of get bummed out when uh celebrities have social media accounts that you know they've they don't know the login for right right that's very much what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like his thing is curated. Like this, I'm sure this somebody at Food Network sent him a 1080p. Like they, they, they this was a promo clip of. Ha- also, he doesn't understand the platform because Threads does not have hashtags yet. Somehow he still said Monday means uh, all new hashtag BBQ brawl at 9 p.m. on at Food Network. Who's tuning in? Not me. But I did not know that he had. A restaurant? I think he has like many restaurants. Well, no, but I assume he was going to be maybe kind of like not like maybe a, a down market Tyler Florence, and I don't mean that in a mean way. But like, like I thought maybe he might have like a couple of like, yeah, places like that. But apparently he has something called Bobby's Burger Palace. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who loves loves potato chips so much and also just loves a good burger this burger looks disgusting because at bobby's burger palace trademark uh you can get what seems to be an inedible hamburger that has maybe two pounds of overcooked bacon on it and just like a shit ton of like potato chips on it 
this doesn't this feels like food made for instagram i'm actually really into unique hamburgers that's definitely something that i'm drawn to however what i don't like is when a burger is yep just yep. literally impossible to eat i'm sure we've talked about this but when food gets too tall or something is 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 made like you either have to like smush it so much where it loses basically everything you get or it's just impossible to eat as a human being well and this is this is yes. compounded because or the, the problem is compounded here because it's not like smashing this burger down is really even an option because i mean those poor potato chips are just going everywhere if you try to do that yeah and if you and i assume branson's not allowed in the restaurant so therefore you then have to activate the roomba like no nobody wins in this situation yeah i mean also there's like there's not really anything even happening with this burger as far as i can tell it's just meat cheese bacon and potato chips it doesn't even look like there's like a sauce or anything so that just no. seems like kind of a, a dry mess. Again, w- walk across the 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 Warner the Warner Brothers Discovery lot and get a uh, friend of the show. What's his name? Uh, Mister Fietti in and get him to help with some sauces. Like this looks like a very bland burger. The potato chips, like potato like potato chips, can almost make anything better. But this is not this. This ain't it, Chief. Like this. This looks horrible. Yeah, I'm not not really into this. And also, again, there are no hashtags. You cannot hashtag crunchify something on threads. Not Come yet. On, Bobby. Um, yeah, I hate it. Okay. Uh, the one thing that, uh, actually, well, a, a local follow-up. Uh, tried Homeroom for the first time in like a year because uh, I was in the East Bay. Not as good as I remember. Kind, but of, they, a, but they, kind of a young person's thing. No, I'm I'm still very much into uh like make yourself make, like hate yourself uh <laughs> regretful like carb like heavy meals like oh no I'm still super down for that that that's that hashtag why why we run but like no <laughs> but it's it's it they kind of pioneered either you um like you bake it with breadcrumbs or you can also add uh potato chips like it's an elementary school thing even though I don't think that was a West Coast public school type situation but. Yeah, it wasn't as good as I remember. Um, yeah, bummer. But that, but that's that's the one good, good use of polling, good use of potato chips type situation. So it's kind of like a, um, a ice ginger snap thing from Phil's all over again. <sighs> How you and I both had one of those for the first time in a long time, and we're like, oh, is it that oh, we the- is it that we aged out of it, or that they just it stopped being that they like. I it's it, you don't have the frame of reference and you don't have a perfect memory to know did the product get worse or because it wasn't the novelty of it it was legitimate like I I liked it for like a good like had it multiple times for like a year I I, I know eventually you, it was just kind of I I know you disagree but I I think the same thing's happening both with your homeroom experience and and the Phil's experience I I think we've aged out of this stuff I like don't. like I'm not saying that you have to hate all you know like carb heavy stuff like don't get me wrong like i'm not i'm not above eating an entire pint of ben and jerry's but i also feel like something like homeroom i i just wouldn't really be for me anymore i don't think like i guess my counterpoint to that is i can absolutely tear through most of a square pie guy's pizza just 
on my own if 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 i'm uh, if if i'm unchecked by social pressure i feel i feel like eating a whole pizza though like i'm with you there i could do that too that doesn't that feels like that feels like a more veteran thing or a thing that uh holds up with age yeah maybe i i do think maybe it's maybe it's because i didn't have it like that i had it to go and i mean i'm like i it it's it was twenty minutes to get back home. I'm not I'm not sure it really lost that much there. But and, and I did toss it in the the new Breville for a minute and that did that did crisp it up a little bit, but it still wasn't, yeah. We'll see. All right. Um oh and the last bit on threads. Uh I'm I really want it to be good and for it to work, but right now, like I feel like I need to like nuke my account and start over because it's kinda turned into just like center left political twitter like i kind of like i don't the problem is that there's not enough people actively posting on it where only the people that post too much are the ones that you actually end up seeing and it's just not a super enjoyable experience right now so i think i'm maybe gonna delete the app or wait or i don't know it, it's a it's a chicken and egg problem but i but i do i do kind of want something like twitter back in my life sort of but like yeah i don't know but they did add a feed when the app came out you could not get a feed with just the people you actually follow which was for initial engagement i actually think that was probably the right move but uh three weeks in they did add like an actual following chronological feed which is nice but yeah still probably gonna stop checking the app for a while until it matures yeah i guess maybe that's the best example I could give with my lack of interest in it is the the fee the chronological fee where it's only the people you follow like that that's exactly what I want but I I haven't opened the app since they added that so yeah I just I mean I've I've said it before here like I just I'm not looking for something to replace Twitter I'm glad that the 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 Twitter type of social media thing is is out of my life I have enough other time sinks on well, my computer and across other technology well, that I, I don't need that. Well, then I guess like, just briefly, let me ask, like, I, I, I know that <clears throat> due to like various pressures on your time, you are busier than I am in terms of stuff that has to get done. Mm-hmm. But like, what, what do you, when you do need kind of like, just like a passive time sink, like what, what other than Instagram, what is that for you? RSS. Yeah, that, but I guess that that's just kind of like a very static version of Twitter. Sort of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, okay. More uh, more curated, though. Yeah. Okay, well, this is the part of the show that I love, where I can just put myself on mute and just kick back for a while. So, you, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we alternate in terms of weeks where we each do something of, of sort of import, where we you're going to monologue for a bit. So, uh, you just got back from Hawaii. I did. That's how you're required to pronounce it? Yeah, Hawaii. Um, and yeah. it, was one, mm-hmm. it was one of you, and you went to the Big Island. Uh, no. Or the little island, no. Or the medium-sized one, Oahu. Or the other two. Is that the big or the small, or is that? That is a medium island. Okay. Uh, so was, your, was it your first big airplane-based family trip ever? Maybe actually. Uh, with with kids, yeah, um, yeah. yeah we flew with them for the first time a couple of months ago, but that was just to Southern California. So this was the the first extended flight they've ever been on. This is the first flight, or this is the first time they've been out of the state of California. 
This was the first time that I've been out of the state of California since November 2019, not that I had been keeping track. So yes, it, it was very, very nice to uh, get away, as uh, Southwest would say. Although did not did not fly Southwest, just to clarify. Although probably kind of wish we would have, actually. We flew... Because um, you, you love those boarding groups? No, I, I, don't, I don't love that, although with family boarding, that's less of an issue for us these days, but... Um, that's, that's prejudice against single people. I don't love that. <laughs> well, I'll take it up with the Supreme Court. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody's topical. Okay. Yep. Um, now, we flew um, Alaska, who I've, I've flown before, but haven't flown for a while. Um, and we, and we did like the, the premium economy thing where you get like a little bit of extra legroom and stuff. And it, it, it was exceedingly fine. Flight back was a little nicer cause it was like a newer plane. So that was a little bit nicer, but yeah, it was overall just sort of average. There's also, I, I've been to Hawaii a handful of times and this was the first time that I flew over just like in a 737. Every other time I've been over there, it's been like on a, on a bigger plane which I don't know, to me, tends to feel a little bit more comfortable. Like a 737 is is a, a little small, I think, for, for that long of a flight. Um, uh, but anyway, um, it was nice to, yeah, nice to do a little bit of traveling outside of the state, even though I, I, do, I do love California very much. But just going up and down the state the past three and a half years has um, gotten a little repetitive let's say mm -hmm. uh, so i've got so some I I, i've i've trademarked the phrase here some some tech travel thoughts unless there's any other pressing questions or things you want to know about the trip well like i assume there's gonna be like a 20 80 split on this so a lot of it's going to be logistics and also probably like a tech angle to it but i guess i want to know like again like as as much as you want to share what you do and how and did you have a good time Outside of the outside of the like hyper specific stuff that I'm sure we'll get into. Sure. Um, so yes, overall, very very nice time. Um, weather weather was great. Um, travel days were super smooth. You know, no no delays or or anything. Lots of amazing food. Um, you know, we really just spent a lot of time at the beach and at the pool so we we didn't you know rent a car or anything so we had we had a shuttle that took us to and from the airport but otherwise you know never got in a car during the whole week we stayed right on Waikiki Beach um, which is a very you know kind of densely um, populated area with tons of different hotels and restaurants and and things to do so Everything we did the entire week was just walking distance from the the hotel, which was was really really nice. Um, you know, super fun to see the kids experience something new. Um, they particularly loved the the pool area. They had like a the hotel we were at. You know, had a kind of a kid specific pool, so they were they were really into that. Um, they were very much not into um dinners which i think you know combination of a couple of things one is is the time difference right so like you know we were eating 
at around you know six thirty local time there most nights, which is nine thirty PM Pacific. So, you know, it they were probably never fully kind of acclimated to the time difference. Overall, I think they did okay with that, but I think by that time of day they were starting to wear down a little bit. So even foods that, you know, they would normally be into fish and stuff like that, just kind of no no interest in. Um but about halfway through the trip, we discovered. Um, are you familiar with uh, what an ABC store is? That feels like something that would have crossed your desk at some point. Even though, as far as I, I know, you would have never been to one. Can you give me a hint? I don't think so. So they're a chain of um, calling them convenience stores. Feels like it's not doing them quite enough justice. They're they're just these very very nice stores that are um, overwhelmingly in Hawaii. I think they have a couple of locations maybe outside of Hawaii, um, but but mostly just in Hawaii. It, in, in Waikiki specifically, there's one like literally every like block and a half. Like they're just, they're just everywhere. I guess I had a coworker describe um, them as like, a, like an upscale Walgreens with more food. And I, I, th- I thought that was a pretty good description. Um, but anyway, um, they had a pre-made peanut butter and jelly sandwich that we discovered again about halfway through the trip. And, and both kids really, really enjoyed that. So they, they mostly sustained on that and, uh, French fries during the week. (laughs) Uh, see, good use of potato. Uh Uh-huh. Um, interesting. Um, and they were... Like as in, sorry, in terms of the food, like mm. as in like it has like a whole food style, like hot bar in it, or it just has like a, just a shit ton of like pre-made grab and go foods. The the latter. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So overall, yeah. First, first big trip with kids, um, you know, they're three and a half and one. So I think for their ages, they, they did, you know, pretty much about as well as you could expect. They were actually, were both really good on both flights you know kind of had a hard time adjusting to the time time difference night one but after that did pretty well with that um you know yeah i think overall they they did pretty well and and had a had a good time as we all did nice okay all right now give us the tech angle yeah so some tech travel thoughts for you so well, I guess the first one's a little bit of a rant. And my the bee in my bonnet here is the download functionality in all of the streaming apps. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of lay the, lay the foundation here. So, like, I'll preface all of this by saying, like, I totally get that downloading content is not what any of the streaming apps are focused on i totally get that that's probably a not a not a niche use case like i'm sure a lot of people use it but it's it's just from like a tech stack perspective i'm sure it's not the feature set that that gets the most attention so like i i I totally totally get all that however it is a really nice thing to be able to use when you're traveling where you know you're not going to have access to a a regular high-speed internet connection where you can be streaming stuff so you know, the downloading stuff in advance of a of a trip is something you know I've I've done for for years and have done even more of that now you know traveling with kids. So I 
downloaded a bunch of Sesame Street on the Max app, a bunch of Frasier on Paramount Plus, some Coco Melon on Netflix, and some movies on Disney Plus. The Netflix experience was probably the best one, but the other three were very frustrating for for mostly the same reasons. So across all the apps, including Netflix, which was the, the least bad in this regard, but still pretty bad. Well, maybe I'll pause here for a second. Have you, have you ever downloaded stuff from streaming apps to have like on a plane or something? Nope. Planes are for crosswords. All right. Well, so I'll, I'll fill in the details here then. So when you go to download anything on these streaming services, so all, all four of the ones that I downloaded stuff from, the downloads are excruciatingly slow. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be on a gigabit up and down fiber connection. So, you know, good solid internet connection where everything else downloads super fast. But for whatever reason, downloads on these services just literally take forever. Like we're talking, you know, 10 minutes to download a 20-minute episode of Sesame Street or a Frasier. And then the other thing is across, again, all across all these services, it seems like you can only download maybe like two or three episodes at a time. And if you try to do anything more than that, the app will just crash or all of the downloads will just pause and never resume. So not only are the downloads super slow, but you have to kind of sit there and like manually, you know, kind of batch them together, monitor when they're done, and then start, you know, the next set. And then sort of related to that, which is Probably not the fault of the streaming apps. This is this must be more of like a you know I, iOS slash iPad OS thing. Is the app has to be open and your device on in order for these downloads to actually continue and ultimately finish. So like as I was downloading all this stuff, I had to temporarily turn the the feature off on my iPad where the screen automatically shuts off after a certain amount of time. So that's ridiculous. And then, you know, there were more like app specific issues. So like with Disney Plus, whenever I would download, try to download a movie, I would get an error message saying that my iPad didn't have enough space, even though it had like well over 100 gigabytes of space when I went to download some movies, which were around four gigabytes each. So that was weird. I, I could get it to work after two or three attempts with each movie and it would have to force quit the app and open it again to get a, another download to eventually work. And then you also run into a bunch of weird rights issues. And like, you know, again, like I, I, I understand there's probably for legal blah, blah, blah reasons, probably not much these streamers can do about this. But like with the Max app, you know, not only are you limited with the number of downloads you can have at a time, which if you're on like the super high tier, it's it's a pretty high number. It's like a hundred, you know, different items. But on the kind of like I guess middle tier that I'm on, it's only thirty items. Which you know, when you're trying to download a bunch of episodes of Sesame Street for your kids, is not really a lot. And the other problem is that when you 
start an episode, it expires after, I think it was like 48 hours. And you can only enable that episode again if you actually re-download the entire thing. Which again, like the, the whole point of downloading stuff is because you know you're probably not going to be on a good enough internet connection to be able to stream or download stuff later. So there was like this whole game we were playing with the Sesame Street episodes through the trip where, you know, we, we would rewatch a bunch of the same episodes, especially the, the ones that were like about to expire so that we didn't start the 48 hour clock on like a different episode so that we had enough episodes left by the end of the trip. Well, so that's, that's what I was going to ask. And I don't mean to be reductive here, but it, but do kids actually, cause like from my, my experience with, with kids, it they will watch the same 10 minute thing over and over and over again until they're blue in the face like are are they did, have you ever heard the terms but we just watched that one uh oh oh yeah yeah no that that's very really? much that's very much a thing in this house <laughs> well no, i mean no i, I mean no no not not, not my get out of here. not my not from my kids but from from the lady friend and i we we that's something that we oh, well, we, we say. You care yeah what what do you care? That's well again that that you might as well just sign up for the YouTube plan and just done a bunch of save offline from just like and just had Baby Shark. Uh, okay, but I get I, I get your point kind of. I actually think I'm more on the side of the media companies here than yours. But it's, but please continue. Um. Well, I think I think that's that's m- mostly it. So takeaway is that the 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 downloading or the download uh, experience across all these streaming apps is just for for technical and for rights reasons is is just really bad. Well, yeah, I think it's designed to be bad and it's also not in their interest and also it's not a big use case and the media rights. So, yeah, so it's it's four whammies as to why nobody cares. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um I guess Have you ever thought like is is there like a like a best of like cuz you, you know how you can still buy stuff on it's not called iTunes anymore but is there a thing where you can just pay like $100 and get like the the 80 most popular episodes of Sesame Street or something and and then you own it that probably is a decent idea I might I might look into that um so anyway like that that whole process I just described like downloading all that stuff across all those apps like literally took me all of the afternoon the day before we left. I mean I yeah you know, I was I was working and like had my iPad off to the side and was like you know having to periodically check in on it and download the next three episodes or like re-download one of the previous three that failed like it's just it's it's, it's a mess. Uh, so anyway, so that that's that. Um, I guess sticking with the kind of like entertainment side. So I, I, I've talked here before about um, the little Roku 4K Express stick thing that that's always in my my travel bag, right? Uh, honestly, actually, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe, you, maybe, I think you've only you've, you've you've evangelized so much the built-in roku on the tcl mediocre tv a lot but um yeah well i guess i guess that's sort of what led me to buy their little streaming stick thing because i I overall do enjoy the the roku experience and so i i bought one of their their little streaming sticks i think it's i think it's called the roku 4k express or express 4k um and you know just have that in my my travel bag and it's great to have in hotels or when we're like staying with family 
because you just you know you just plug this thing on plug this thing in connect it to the internet and it's it's almost like you know having your your tv at home basically and so that that's worked really well over the you know, past couple of years um, um that i've had it um however on this trip, we ran into a problem that um, I had not really encountered before with it, which is not having really any sort of like internet connectivity available. So there was, of course, the hotel Wi-Fi, but it was like excruciatingly slow. I did a couple speed tests when connected to it, and it was getting like one to three megabits down so not not good enough to be able to to stream anything the other uh, alternative because i actually like when we stay um with some family when we're in san diego um you know one of the houses that we stay at doesn't actually have an internet connection um and so in that situation i just you know hotspot to my phone and that actually that works really really well because the the cell phone service is good there that was the other problem where we were staying is that the the cell phone service was was really really spotty so no no really good internet um option so then i thought well okay maybe i can connect the Roku to the hotel Wi-Fi and my iPad to the hotel Wi-Fi and then AirPlay all of the stuff that I so diligently and excruciatingly downloaded uh, before the trip. So I tried that. <laughs> and every once in a while, I could get the Roku to, to show up as an AirPlay target from the iPad, but only sporadically. And when it would show up, you would go to you know start playing something to it and it would just spin and spin and spin and spin which i assume is like some well, there a drm thing where you can't air because i know there's certain things like we're like because that's the thing where isn't there like there's a product called nfl plus and they somehow have a way where they disable the ability to airplay it because the licensing means you can oh you're you're only allowed to watch it on the phone i think for the most part all of the major streaming apps has kind of kind of gotten rid of those types of restrictions i don't think any of them restrict airplay anymore i mean maybe they do with like specific content but i think for the most part that just sort of works as expected so it was it wasn't a rights issue i think it was just an issue with whatever like crazy like mesh setup or whatever the hotel wi-fi is on just didn't you know play nicely with um with airplay so that didn't work so then i had the idea of well maybe i can hotspot both my roku and my ipad to my iphone and even though you know the internet connection that it was sharing was wasn't helpful you know maybe i could then airplay from the ipad to the roku because they were all all like on the same network i don't think the wi-fi but, privacy mm, lets them see each other that that's exactly right so the, the it's not it's I mean it, I'm no networking expert, which is pretty clear, but I I guess it's the case that with personal hotspot, it's not like you're creating sort of like a no network. It's just you're sharing the internet connection from the device that you're hotspotting from. So, so so yeah, that so that that didn't work. So now now we're left with um 
no no internet connection and no way to airplay. So the the Roku really at this point is is not you know not doing us any good. And you know we we did have the iPad that we could obviously just watch content directly from, and like we did that for a day or two, and like that was that was okay, but um. You know, like in the evenings, especially like the kids would go to bed and it was it was kind of nice to be able to watch like a little bit of, of TV and like sitting there on the iPads kind of kind of lame. So then I had the idea of um, something that I had remembered seeing at some point. Um, and I'll send you a link to this. Um, so Apple actually makes something like this which is which is the thing that i was thinking about when i when i came up with this idea but it turns out that belkin also sells something similar that is a bit simpler like it doesn't have like an extra place to be able to simultaneously still um power the ipad but it's but it's a little bit cheaper and so this is this will be in the notes and it's it's the belkin usb-c to HDMI adapter. And so the idea here is that, you know, with with this thing, I would be able to just simply connect, you know, the iPad directly into the TV using this adapter and an HDMI cable and then I, you know, wouldn't have to fuss with the the Roku anymore and you know not having an internet connection and no way to airplay to it. And conveniently enough, there was an Apple store, like a five minute walk from the hotel, which then became the first Apple store that the kids have ever been into. So that's kind of fun. And they, you know, they had this thing in stock, picked it up and it worked great. Um, the only sort of like weird thing about it is the, the way that video streaming works from your iPad to the TV very much seems to be like app specific. So like with Paramount Plus, for example, like it worked exactly as you'd want it to where when you were just like, you know, on on the iPad, like home screen, or like when you were opening one of the streaming apps, like the, the display was mirrored between the iPad and the TV. But then as soon as you started an episode of something, the iPad display just turned off and you know the 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 video was only then being displayed on the TV which which is what you want with the Max app though like when I would go to do that with like an episode of Sesame Street the Max app wouldn't dim the iPad display and if you try to turn the iPad display off it would turn the the output to the TV off and so you know, Sesame Street was playing both on the TV and on the iPad, which is which is not really what you want. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't really care. Kids certainly didn't care. So whatever. But I think there's also maybe like, there might have been ways that with the Max app, I could have made that not happen. But again, like I didn't didn't really care so much. So that that would be the only thing about this thing is it maybe it's a little dependent on the way that apps have specifically been uh put together to support hdmi out but um you know when they are this thing works exactly like you'd, you'd want it to so that this was a, a clutch clutch little purchase and now this will um this will also be a permanent fixture in my travel bag you know kind of as like a almost like a backup 
um, in situations where um, a, a good internet connection is not available and, and airplay is not an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, I think that, yeah, that pretty much covers the the entertainment stuff. Well, <laughs> I guess maybe with one final footnote, which is the the MVP of the trip from a from a tech standpoint. Um, so I'll I'll provide some some background here. So I was I was in a meeting at work uh, a week or two before the trip, and I was. Um, taking notes on my my iPad with the Apple Pencil which I which I I never do but for 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 reasons like in this particular meeting it 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 there was like a there was like a worksheet and stuff so like it kind of just like it made sense to um to to do it that way we got a regular Federico over here <laughs> yeah um and the idea just kind of like popped in my head I'm like oh you know the the um eldest new housemate she's she's really into art i i think like if i could find some kind of drawing app or something from her she she might be really into that so i you know did some google searching and also just some searching on the app store for you know like top drawing apps um a couple of problems i ran into one is Especially on the App Store search, those were heavily dominated by drawing apps for adults, which, mm-hmm. you know, great if you're into that, but not that wasn't obviously what I was looking for. And then the other issue I ran into was if you found a drawing app for kids, so many of them were subscription based. And I, I like even for like cheap subscriptions. I, I didn't want to like get something and then have to remember to cancel it. Like I wanted something that I could just you know pay a one time thing for and just have, and something that was like simple enough for you know like a three and a half year old to to get into. So just I real quick because I'm gonna, because I'm going to forget when that ever happens. You do have the option of uh, what that is the one nice thing about the App Store lock in is that you can go sign up for something and say for like a week or a month immediately go cancel the subscription in the app store and apple doesn't do the bs thing where oh you, your access ends today yeah no, i know i for that period i know i know but but i but i, I, I take your point you, you not everything has to be a subscription right that's 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 fair um so i i think just because of like the number of positive reviews i i it had like this came to one of the top of the the search results um terrible terrible name i actually should like double check if this is actually like yeah this is the name of the app so it's baby coloring book for kids two plus but then the description of the game is doodle games for toddlers three to six (laughs) um but what was appealing to it is the screenshots sort of made it look exactly like what i wanted um, I should see. I guess there's got to be a way I can like link to the page here. Yeah, I think I can copy this and I can put it. There we go. Yeah, so I'll 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 send you the link. I'll put a link in the notes here. Um, so yeah, so th- this visually looked sort of exactly like what I was looking for. And then the other thing that was great about it was it was like eight bucks, and you know that unlocked like every everything in the app, all the different pencils and crayons and all the pictures um why does the why does the cat look so pissed (laughs) 
Um, but anyway, this this like could not have been a bigger hit. So it was super, super clutch on the flights. It was great when we just needed a little bit of downtime at the hotel. Yeah, this this thing was was awesome and will be a um a new uh new key part of um travel tech preparedness going forward. Interesting. Okay. Um yeah, that that and um I guess sort of an honorable mention to Coco Melon. Holy cow, kids kids love it. Don't know why, but they do. So when you when you're on a five hour plane ride, download a few hours of Coco Melon from Netflix. It's, it's helpful. Um I was gonna say it's good good stuff, but it's it's really not good stuff, but it's but it's helpful. Is Coco Melon something that's an audio visual experience, or is it something where you can just listen to the, the the dumb songs and that that does most of it, or is it something where you need the intense bright colors and like the no offense it, kids, but shitty three D animation to go along with it? It's very very much um, either way. So we we have listened to Coco Melon songs here at the house that that are just you know streamed from like Apple Music. Alternatively, on the plane. We 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 bought headphones for um, the eldest new housemate, but she she doesn't really like wearing them, and we're we're very much against the idea of having like iPad volume just you know like on in a public space with without headphones. So you know she she would just sit there and and watch Coco Melon with no audio, and she loved that too. So. It seems like it's appealing no matter what the the medium. Apparently, the New York Times ran a big investigation into the cultural influence of Cocoa Melon and that the effect of screen time on child development is a big question without clear answers. So the time the Times is 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 on your case. Yeah, we're we're um, we're. I I would say that oh, I mean still still early days, but I would say overall we're. You guys are judicious about it as far as I'm we're we're aware. very judicious about screen time, very thoughtful about screen time. And and specifically with, guess, with Coco Melon, that is sort of a measure of last resort. We generally try to stick to like things like Sesame Street. And even with that, it's it's very limited and is, you know, mostly for like travel and stuff. Like at home, there's not a ton of that. If Wikipedia is to be trusted, apparently uh, there is widespread concern about the anonymous nature of the channel and its visually intense content. Interesting. I guess, and it's, we'll we'll bring it back to tech in a second. But I guess, what what is your? Do you have a go to, like offline, like no 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 tech kid entertainment? Yes. So what is that? Um. This is mostly for restaurants. So Target has these little, well, we call them restaurant packs. That's not, I'm sure what they're actually called, but they're like a dollar at Target. And they're these little like coloring kits that, you is know. Is that the thing they used to give like to like kids at El Torito? Like where it's just like a thing of crayons and a, like a coloring book? 
basically, although some of these also come with like stickers and other little things like that, but, but, but yeah. <gasps> sorry, real quick. I'm sorry. This has been, this has been a bee in my bonnet. It's been stressing me out for months. Can you, uh, can you explain to me what the deal is with, uh, parents allowing kids to stick stickers semi-permanently on the windows of cars on the inside are you are you aware of this <laughs> well i not really of that specifically but i am aware of the idea that you know kids will just stick stickers wherever they want to and, and often find the you know most inopportune places to do so so Oh man, but like apparently, just like if, if you drive around Marin, it's it's a big thing. Where if you look at the rear passenger side of almost any Volvo SUV, you will see just a, a ton of. Okay, anyway, okay, it's it, maybe it's not as pronounced a thing as I thought. Okay. Well, to to give those par- parents the benefit of the doubt, I, I would imagine a lot of that is parents who would prefer that not to happen and who have tried to <laughs> make that not happen, but have reached reached a point where. Just don't give them the stickers. <laughs> well, and that I feel like it seems so easy. Yeah, without kids. Yeah, so some yeah sometimes stickers are taken away um, in this house. Um, but anyway, yeah, these little but what we call restaurant packs um, are are fantastic. So travel bag is is you know always full of, of a, a couple of those to have on hand if we're. Yeah, I mean, you, you restaurants are usually where where we use them, and then any other situation where you know you just need to keep the keep the little ones entertained. So, do you find these like in in like the just as you walk in, yep. one, two, three dollar section right. with the little the bullseye with the wagging tail? That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. Um, and you know they're kind of one time use. Sometimes you get a couple uses out of them, but you know they're a dollar. They're great. Um, so two, two other much shorter tech topics. Um, next, next one's actually really short. Um, so this was my first trip using the GOAT, the uh, 150 watt USB-C charger anchor 747 or anchor 747 charger. God, Amazon product descriptions are so weird. The game um, Prime 2 or something. Right. Um, yeah, this thing's, this thing's great. Um, as I think you described on the show, I mean, it is, it's, it's very small and shockingly dense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not, not heavy, but, but it's, it's a tiny, it's a tiny little guy, but it feels like you really, <laughs> again, self-defense tool if you had to. It de- definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that the one that we both had before, which I'm forgetting the name of now, this is a techie 108 watt. Yeah. Also fantastic but i mean compared to this thing just enormous so really nice i, I really like the small size of this um, worked, worked great through the whole trip the only small quibble i have with it which which really wasn't even like a problem in practice or anything but it still was something i was kind of thinking about and this is on the amazon page if you scroll down a little ways it, when you aren't using all four ports like when you're only using two to three of them you're like supposed to use certain configurations of ports in order to get like maximum power output i think 
you know, I think like the top, the top one or the middle one is supposed to be if you're like only charging a laptop or something. Right. Which, which yeah. I, I don't, don't love that. Like you have, you have to even like think about stuff like that. I mean, generally speaking, guess, like I'm never going to, those constraints aren't ever going to like materially impact me, but one small push, quibble with it. My pushback would be that like I, I have, it's like this thing lives in one of the uh extra small eagle creek packing cubes and i just leave all the cables connected and like the one that i would plug a laptop into is just all like i guess i never run into an issue where i would have removed the cables from it so that's just kind of not relevant but it is a very minor quibble or a very minor annoyance yeah a very like kind of syracusean critique but but um but otherwise yeah this no this thing is is awesome good good recommendation yeah um so the other topic which is actually where i'm going to maybe ask you for a little bit of advice here which is um i brought the fancy camera and and used it some but overall did not use it very much and here's why Mm. when i'm when i'm out and about just on day trips and things um kind of you know around the um the area i have the i actually have to go to their website and remember what this is called i have the sling the sling bag which is like well, there, there's there's three of them. Well, yeah, I I forget which specific size I have, but I, I have one of the one of the everyday sling bags, which is like kind of like their messenger style bag, but smaller. So I have that for when I'm just bringing the fancy camera again, like on a day trip or something. Um, and that's that's great, love it. But when traveling on a plane, I bring the fancy camera just in my uh, my backpack. I also have a, you know, a peak design backpack that's got like the great, the great storage for uh, cameras. So that, that's, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. awesome for being on the plane and stuff. But then the, the do that. then the problem, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, you, you can't do that. Do what? Well, cause, cause you're going to run into the problem that you're about to explain. Okay. Yeah. So then, you know, the problem is in, okay, I get, you know, get to the, get to the destination, want to use the camera. But now I don't have the sling bag. I just have my, you know, enormous backpack, which I'm, I'm not going to bring that around. Um, and, you know, I brought, um, I, I do have, because I just have like peak design everything. I, I do have um, the slide, which is like their, their, their shoulder strap. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's nice. Um, and that, that was helpful. But then you look like a tourist everywhere. There's like there's well, there's no th- th- yeah. So there there's there's that which I you know I, I don't care so much about that these days. But the the other issue is that like you know at restaurants or particularly at the pool and the beach, like well with the pool and the beach, I just never brought the fancy camera because I I don't have really anywhere to like keep it safe, right? And then at well, restaurants. I yeah. didn't really have anywhere to like put it down. And so like that, that just put me in a spot where like I wanted to bring the fancy camera out and use it more, but I, um, I just, I didn't really have anything to like put it in. And I, I, I was actually looking around on the, the peak design site today and I, I got excited when I, fe- 
found this that which they call their field pouch because it it like it no, compresses that's... flat so you can like put it inside of of your suitcase or something but it doesn't but, have any straps well well and it's it, it, it's, it's 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 too small like i don't i don't think a i don't think anything but a mirrorless camera with like a prime lens or like a pancake lens would fit into this thing so this isn't this isn't what I'm looking for. I I want something exactly like this, but a bit bigger. So I don't know. Do do have you ever run into the problem that I've just described? I think once in 2017, and then never again. Okay. So that's that. That's the thing where you do have to be strategic about it. Is because it, it you do have to like make that extra logical leap of thinking. No, I'm not packing for what's the most efficient way to pack. I need a way that allows me to live my life when I'm traveling. So for that, because this was like, well, I guess like, I feel like the calculus is, is actually easier for you because like you guys aren't like for me, whenever I'm traveling, I travel with one messenger bag and uh, like an away carry on where you probably had like a medium to large, like traditional, like check your bag bag. Right. Or did you guys just do like, there's no way with a family before you're just doing two carry-ons. C- correct. You know, we had a we had a big big check bag. So I guess so why couldn't you just thrown the the six liter? Because I, I assume you have the six liter. I think that's right. Version two everyday sling. Why couldn't you just stuck mm-hmm. it in there? And the thing Maybe. is, you just you you still put the camera in your backpack, but you fill the everyday sling with stuff like the space that it's occupying in your bag. Just mm. fill like even if even if it just has like socks in it, like just just do that. Okay. My solution to this specific problem, which I don't think necessarily, because I actually don't love this bag, but it's the, I wanted something that looked kind of like not like a camera bag. So mm. this is my, I'm walking around the city and I want to have my Kindle, my AirPods or my Beats Fit Pro and like a single, either medium size prime or like the 24 to 70. And the thing about this one that's nice is that it fits even with like, I can have the camera with a 24 to 70 and another medium sized prime and it fits inside the everyday messenger 13 inch so i'm allowed to, so it allows me to have the camera bag i want when i'm actually arriving at my destination and it also fits inside of the bag that i would normally have ooh okay i do so does it when there's nothing inside of it does it fold pretty flat oh it totally does but the thing is you put the camera inside of it when you're traveling but but no like the type of materials it has like all the dividers collapse like you can you can get it pretty dang small but Um, no but the thing is like you can put like just you just pack it with the camera in it and then then, oh and then put it in your messenger bag yeah or your or your your 20 liter backpack or whatever you got okay i oh i because that's the thing because because there isn't i see what you're saying because like there is no point in bringing the camp like if, if you're packing just to like get yourself economically through the airport but then if you have no like you're yeah you're you're obviously not going to take like your 15 inch macbook pro and your this with you that's just overkill unless you do like the john syracuse thing where he thinks the backpack is kind of like his beach bag like where there's like there's towels in it and stuff but like yeah you can't back yourself into a corner like that otherwise you are absolutely right like you're either like the person who's like the tourist which you've made the mental leap and you don't care about that but also like if you just have like a a camera around your neck like one like ergonomically that kind of sucks and also you're just carrying you 
$3,500 worth of equipment that you could break because you have like a kid emergency at the dinner table or something like it's, it's not a great situation. Yeah. Okay. I'll, um, yeah, this, so this, this, I mean, this, this seems like a this, promising option. Like I, like this bag is not perfect. Like cause I, the reason I don't like this bag is that it, I don't feel like it closes securely enough for either a rainy day or mm. on my bike, mm-hmm. but also, but, but you, I mean, you don't bike anywhere and also you wouldn't, it like that's the one thing about the peak design bags is like one the ace the more modern sony cameras have okay waterproofing like if it if it got splashed or a little rained on it's not the end of the world um but the peak design ones like they zipper close and have like waterproof materials where like you could be in a downpour and it just doesn't matter right but yeah this bag's not bad um do you have do you have the pine stone color or just black yeah I, no, I I have the the kind of the classy um or like the 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 understated kind of vaguely green one. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like the look of that. Um Yeah, I'll I'll send you a picture of what it looks like in real life. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, that that actually that is a that's a potential promising um option. Although I I also I, I, think, I do I do like your idea of just throwing the sling yeah, like, into the checked bag and filling it with stuff because i my rebuttal to that as you were describing it was going to be like well that thing doesn't fold very flat so it's like taking up a bunch of space but if you fill it with stuff like okay. well because that's the thing where the the dividers like ours velcro and just put it to the side and like yeah. sure you're still losing some volume of space but yeah just like stick it like i'm sure you can put the like you probably had your think to, uh your not think design uh, peak design like the the was what's the name of the dop kit like the wash bag or whatever like i'm sure that would actually fit perfectly inside of it i actually do, i do have that wash bag and it's it's fantastic um yeah. although that actually fits perfectly in the backpack um anyway okay yeah no that okay that both both of those options seem good thank you um one I other mean, but, but your, your your point about like i mean it, it was your first uh, first trip with like I mean, if if the cam- if fancy camera had to come second to that, that's that's a pretty sound strategy. Yeah, well, like, and- this was this was like a lot of trial and error and testing to know know before you go for the next time. So it, it was it was a it was a reconnaissance mission. Yeah, well, and the other thing too was you know as mentioned earlier, we were spending a ton of time in the pool and at the beach, and so I, I have a, a waterproof camera, like just a waterproof point and shoot, and so that you know I was using that most of the time because that's just you know the context or environment that i that i was in so Mm -hmm. um one final camera thought i guess this is like a a bonus final um travel or tech travel thought um so i'll send you a couple of other peak design links how is peak peak design not a sponsor here um so ever since i've gotten my sony camera i've been using the Hmm. peak design clutch which is actually never it's not designed to work on mirrorless cameras so much it's it's meant more for larger uh, dslrs i mean you can use it on a mirrorless camera as evidenced by the fact that i've been using it for the past few years that way but it's not really meant for that so it, it is it's pretty bulky on a the the size camera that i have um so right before the trip actually um peak design came out with their solution for mirrorless cameras which is the micro 
clutch, which as the name implies is is really just a smaller version of the clutch that's more tailored both in size and sort of like design for mirrorless cameras. And so I actually got this like right before the trip. And so the trip was the first time that I that I had a chance to to use it. I need more time with it, I think. I, I don't know if I I don't know if I love it. The design I'm so for people who are who who are who are who are pulling the Jason Stell and they're driving. Um my understanding I I've never seen this product before. What it looks like is it's a semi permanently affixed tripod mount that then has like an anchor link slot that be- huh it's it's um it's very very smartly designed as as you would expect from from peak design there's a lot of really neat things about the way that it's put together my my issue really is just literally like just the actual like strap part itself like the thing that's nice about that the the full size clutch strap is that you really do basically put kind of like you know your whole hand through it um and it also it also works to you just like if i'm holding the camera just you know in a hand like i can just put my whole hand through the clutch and kind of have the camera off to the side Whereas the micro clutch is just meant for like a couple of fingers to to go through, and you you can also then hold the camera that way, but it's it's a little bit more fiddly. Um, can I ask what what is the purpose of this? Like or like I, I know I go I know what the like the design purpose, but what 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 are you potentially getting from this? I I find having a strap when I'm using the camera to be a little bit more comfortable. And then actually the main thing is is the idea of like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm taking some pictures, then I'm walking somewhere, like just being able to like hold the camera by this hand strap is is actually really nice. It's like not so, having to put it back in the bag, not having to actually have like my full um, um, like shoulder strap thing. So I... Like I, I use my camera a lot. I've taken it a lot of places. I, I have never, because I assume at this point you're also you have some like a, this is in, in an ideal world. You have some form of camera bag where like if you're going to store the camera, you have a place to put it. I've just never had an issue just holding it. Like I've never worried that hey I'm going to drop the camera or something. And if I know I'm not going to take like pictures for like another five minutes or something, I'll just put it in my bag. So I I've seen the clutch before. I'd never seen the micro clutch before. I don't necessarily see the benefit, but one product that I do have that I can wholeheartedly recommend is called the cuff. And that's one that I use if I'm on kind of like a hike or something where I feel like I'm like might slip and fall or something where I don't want to drop a, very costly camera so that i'm not sure if that does anything for you but that is something that i feel is much more minimal and maybe sort of addresses the same need maybe i i don't i i wouldn't want i don't think i would want my camera just like well you still hold it like the part where the guy's given the the like in this picture he's given the the shaka bra uh like surfer thing and just has like a a sony camera like hurting his wrist that makes no sense to me you're still mostly holding it. it's more about because again if, if you don't 
if it's not about like you're afraid of dropping the camera, I guess my point would be that I'm not actually sure what the clutch or micro clutch adds versus just holding the camera. I, I find that when I'm not use, actively using the camera and I'm just holding it, but I'm, I'm about to use it again, so I'm, I don't want to put it back into my bag, mm-hmm. I find holding it by the clutch to be just really easy and comfortable. Hmm. And okay. the micro clutch, a little because bit because it's less not a whole ha- so. it's not a whole hand thing that kind of eliminates a lot of the comfort, right? But on the but on the Got plus it. side, you know the, the the problem with the clutch has always been that again because it's not really meant for the size camera that I have. Like it, it's always just sort of weirdly big, and so like when I put my camera into a bag like the backpack or the sling, it it just it doesn't it it doesn't fit very well whereas like the you know the micro clutch sits really flush with the camera so now like the camera fits a little bit more um snugly like inside my um bag um so anyway i i you know i I need to use that micro clutch a lot more i think before i come to a kind of a final conclusion on it but Anyway, more to more to come on that. But but thank you for your recommendations. I th- I think I think this um this this retrospective bag is is pretty pretty sharp. Yeah, I I think that's kind of the the like every middle aged man eventually comes to the point where he starts either he pulls a Tom Hanks and he starts acquiring like vintage typewriters or you go through a very specific like bag phase. Yeah, so, yeah, um I'm um you know another shout out to both um the 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 sling bag and I think you're right. I think I do have probably like the 6 liter one. Um you you would know if you had the 10 cuz it's 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 kind of chunky. It's like huge, that's my you know. event bag and it's 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 pretty big. Yeah. Um and then I have the 30 liter everyday backpack and that's that's my that's my travel backpack like that I just, you know, keep loaded with all my travel stuffs so like that anchor charger the the roku stick like all that stuff just stays in that backpack and that backpack's always you know ready for travel and that that backpack is just phenomenal i've had it for um i think a little over 4 years now and it's i mean it, it still looks brand new even though i've you know taken it a bunch of places and it's just it's it's great fits a ton of stuff i love the different ways you can organize it it's 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 awesome So yeah, I think right. I think that concludes. Oh, well, actually, one caveat on that backpack is the the storage areas for for cables and stuff is it was terrible. It's the only problem with that that bag. Everything else is about that it's the one great. that has kind of like I I I own the twenty liter version of that, and I think I've had both the first and second generation ones, and I've it's just never it's never stuck for me. Is it the one that has kind of like the the things where it has like it has the the sides are like wings? Yep. Like you kind of yep. like you you unzip it, and then it's got like a bunch of pockets that are either too small or just not. They're I don't know what people are storing. It just it's not right. Yeah, I'm looking at version. I have version one of the bag. I'm looking at pictures of version two now, and it. Seems like maybe they've made some changes to that part of the bag. It's hard hard to tell, but the the version yeah. that I have is it. It's I mean I I, I use them because I it, it just I don't want to just not use that space, but it's it's not not the best. 
I feel like you'd want to, once their uh, flagship store opens back up, uh, check it out in person just because the Everyday Messenger 13-inch version 2, it's in almost every way worse than the version 1 other than looks. Like, so that's where, yeah, it's a bag that I don't like. But the one thing that's amazing about it, and this mostly probably like a solo traveler luxury, is that the back of the everyday messenger has pass-through thingies for to kind of attach it to a roller carry-on bag, which is the most convenient thing in the world. But in order to accomplish that, the way that you insert your laptop into it is now on the inside instead of the outside. It it it, it it's a it's a bags are complicated. But I feel like yeah, the the version two of a lot of their products is have made some like they're one one step forward three steps back uh well i'm i'm more of a backpack person than a messenger bag and the 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 everyday backpack that i have it it has those same strap things to attach it to a roller suitcase oh nice Uh, and you're right it's it's especially when you have the bag super loaded like i did on this last trip and so it becomes quite heavy that's a that's an awesome feature yeah it is a very nice seal into one uh go through pre-check not have to take all your crap out and then hopefully if you don't get selected for dumb secondary screening for whatever reason to like be in and out of security in 30 seconds and just like put your laptop back on there and just be like i'm on my way yep it is it it, like that one specific use case does make the v2 bag way better but yeah almost every other then my my only thing would be that I feel like a lot of the design priorities and decisions might have carried back over to the second gen one because like it also looks more bulbousy, whereas the other ones weren't as pretty, but they were kind of, yeah I don't know more utilitarian maybe. Hmm. Yeah, well I'm I'm a big really big fan of um, the backpack. All right, any other travel stuff? Or are you good? I think that's it. Okay. Uh, a couple of quickies from me, uh, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, one in terms of uh, going back to Taylor Swift for a minute. I huh. so do you know Bill Simmons? I'm very familiar with his work. Yep. Uh, what are his three favorite companies? Uh, I- ironically or unironically? Uh, ironically, probably. Uh, ESPN would be no number or, one. Sorry, not. Uh, so. In trying, so Taylor Swift recently released an, uh, her th- third re-recording of a of an album, so speak now, and I and I'd had had ambivalent feelings about it. And the Ringer, the company that he made, and just again, it's just uh, chime in when as an instant fact check whenever I say something that's incorrect. But he leaving ESPN was Grantland before he went to ESPN, or was the Ringer the thing he made after ESPN? Oh, so Grantland was the thing that he made at ESPN. So Grantland was a part of ESPN. And then he made okay. The Ringer when he left ESPN. And did the, was The Ringer mostly sports-focused and then gradually branched off and became more pop culture-focused? Or was it pop culture and equal parts pop culture and sports from day one? I think pretty much pretty much the latter because that's that's what Grantland was. It was sports and pop culture, and so the Ringer just became you know kind of a bigger and I think you know better version of that. Got it. So the Ringer makes a lot of podcasts. The the Ringer, and whenever as somebody who's not super tuned into sports, 
um, outside of baseball and playoffs basketball. Like it, I, it just doesn't really cross my desk, but uh, the ringer has, I, I, it's most famous to me for like TV show recaps. And I think they've done like some partnerships with HBO as maybe the people who make the like inside the show podcasts, maybe, but they have an expansive podcast network and they have a podcast called every single album, Taylor Swift. Were you at all familiar with this? I, I have heard of that. Yeah, I've never listened to it, but I've, I've heard it, I think, advertised like on one of their other shows. Yeah, apparently they're, they're always talking about a show called The Rewatchables and apparently this. And I found this, I'm not going to listen to any other episodes of it because I don't, I feel like I have a, a healthy relationship with Taylor Swift. Like not not her personally, but her work. And I'm just not super, like I don't, know every single thing about her life and it's probably i it better for my appreciation of the art to not be that plugged in but like this this episode was actually really really helpful so i would actually recommend that maybe if somebody wanted to learn more or hear maybe the backstory of or kind of get more in-depth analysis from people who are appreciators of her music um yeah go listen to a single episode of the podcast every single album but I was surprised that there was a, a podcast on The Ringer that was that specific. Like, I know I know Taylor Swift is one of the biggest music artists of our generation, but like, that's kind of still a big thing to devote an entire podcast to. But the other reason I bring it up is that I, I find it very funny that even though Bill Simmons is very, 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 very successful, he still does all the ad reads no matter how shitty the advertiser is. <laughs> so he, so in this episode, so the reason why I was asking about his favorite companies, one, Simply Safe is still buying ads like 10 years later. He did an ad for like Shell Gasoline. Like there's a lot of, and also a company with the worst name possible. There's a, there's apparently, I, this may, maybe it's like a StubHub competitor. It's called Tick. Oh, pick. I know. It's so it's so bad. And, yeah. And if you think and if you, and if you don't listen carefully mm-hmm. to the name, mm-hmm. sounds like two other things. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. But like, just he he puts like I maybe it's just like the like the mass hole or wait is he from mass is he from Boston? Yeah. Okay. He 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 has not not a bad way, but he has kind of some some mass hole energy. But um, very strong New England in, uh, like uh, enthusiasm for it. Even if he's shilling for home security when he doesn't need the money, I kind like I found that very funny to hear like an ultra in depth conversation about Taylor Swift's like a very like a single song on a re release of like a ten year old album, and then it's like oh here's an ad break and it's fucking Bill Simmons talking about home security and how the security camera doesn't catch his dog. Like it's, I, I, I find that vaguely charming anyway. Uh, so people should check out that podcast if they're fans of Taylor Swift. Uh, other bits, uh, my, uh, the other goat, my, my favorite, uh, rebel toaster oven kind of gave up the ghost recently. And, uh, Oh, this actually brings up one other thing. I had to replace it. Uh, because bed, bath and beyond, uh, no longer exists I think until this morning. Overstock.com. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, I wasn't able to. So one, one of the, the the nice tricks in Bed Bath & Beyond as it was flailing or kind of trying to figure out what they were going to do um, after their unsuc- unsuccessful pivot to store brands um, and like the whole 20% off coupon thing 
they had a service called Beyond Plus where you could use that as a workaround to get 20% off uh, all Breville stuff all the time. It was a, it was a really good couple of years. Um, but no, I had to buy a replacement toaster oven and I am just buying the... So the one I got was called the uh, Breville Smart Air Fryer Oven Pro. Plus? It's called the Smart... The Smart Oven Air Pro. Okay. And one, didn't realize how big it was. So it's kind of the iPhone 14 Pro Max of toaster ovens. It's still, that is one thing, like my apartment is, it's still cozy, but it has more counter space in the kitchen. So it it was okay. And I guess it's kind of nice that it like, I've always kind of wanted an air fryer. And this is not truly an air fryer. It's basically like the nicer Breville ovens have like a convection fan in it. And this one has a convection fan that is slightly more powerful. I don't think it's actually an air fryer, but anyway, it's, it's a toaster oven. It's fine. It's, it's, it's chunky, but, and, and the knobs still feel bad, but it's, it's, it's fine. Seems it's been a long time since I've bought a toaster oven Our our Breville is still going strong, but it seems, seems pricey. Is this is this just yeah the one that I had previously was just like the regular smart oven pro and that one is two hundred and eighty dollars and i I feel like that's the one where with that um the bed bath and beyond loophole it was closer to two hundred which kind of feels more in the ballpark of what it should be yeah but yeah whatever four hundred and then with the, with the Amazon always five percent cash back Amex thing it was whatever it was fine yeah yeah it's fine and also uh. I'm I'm kind of a clean freak, but also sometimes not really. And it is nice. To, it, it won the toaster oven I had was super. Like, oh yeah. I feel I feel like not just not having to clean deep clean a toaster oven. That's probably worth two hundred dollars on its own. That's it's a fair. It's a fair point. Our our toaster yeah. oven has seen better days. Yeah. Like and and depending on how like what your emotional state is, sometimes a really good like deep clean of like a room or a kitchen is is very cathartic. Mm. But also, but. But not so much. Right. Sometimes you go a little overboard with the uh, Mr. Clean Magic Erasers and, you know. Anyway, uh, but re- vaguely related to that is that apparently Overstock.com bought the the husk of Bed Bath & Beyond. But the only reason I bring that up is I don't actually find that story that interesting. But it is this goes back to a Bay Area thing. You're familiar with all like the, the A's moving to Las Vegas stuff, right? Right. Uh, I had completely forgotten that for a few years, Oakland Coliseum was called the O.co Coliseum. It was, yep. And I find it funny that if you'd go to O.co right now, it just redirects to Bed Bath & Beyond. We've gone full circle. Yep. Ooh, app exclusive, 25% off your purchase. But, oh, but I actually did search. They don't have most, all they have are like a couple of pots and pans from Breville, which... Nope, no thanks. Mm. All right, and uh, the knockoff drink is actually probably my chef special. So, uh, do you have anything else, or do you want to push some stuff? Uh, we can we can push some stuff. All right, what is your chef special? Uh, it's another another little tech thing. Um, wasn't new to this trip, and isn't like super duper exciting. So I didn't bring it up in the the uh, tech travel thoughts part of the of the program, but. Um, I do really like these. These are the um, Anchor 100 watt USB-C charging cables. Um, so in the travel bag now, I've got a six foot version and a three foot 
version, 3.3 feet. Um, these, these cables are really nice. They're, you know, John Syracuse to bring him up again, approved. They're braided. Um, so they've got a really nice feel, very pliable. Um, yeah, just solid, you know, fast charging cables. So I, I've, I've got a couple in the travel bag, a couple at home. I, I like these a lot. Interesting. The only uh, buyer beware that I would give with these is that one actually thing like of my specific travel setup with that anchor charger is that I will because I end up I end up using both memory card slots on my Sony camera. I will frequently just uh, use the cable that I use to charge the laptop as the transfer cable for photos while I'm on the go. And these cables are specifically USB 2.0 transfer speed that, only. That's right. Yeah. So these are, I mean, the the thing, the benefit with these is is the price. So you're getting, you know, fast charging speeds for, for not very much money. But the trade-off is, yeah, they don't do fast data. So if you're looking for something that does both fast charging and fast data transfer, then you're getting more into like a, you know, Thunderbolt 3, Thunderbolt 4 type cable. So um, which, that, which is great, but those are, those are a lot more expensive. Yeah. So I'll get, I'll give a, a parallel pick, which is the Belkin Thunderbolt three, uh, cable. And those are $25 a piece. Yeah. And I, I, I bought, I bought one of these and I have one of these based on your recommendation. And yeah, it, it's, it's great to have, but you know, these, these anchor cables by comparison, you can get more, more durable, more pliable, and also for charging, probably a better pick. Right. For, and then you get two, two three-foot cables for like 15 bucks compared to one three-foot cable for 25 So just, you know, just different, different needs. But if you're, totally. if, if you're just looking for charging, I think these anchor cables are pretty solid. Yeah. And then this one, my chef special, I think is going to be more of a preview to something we might expound more upon next week. But I guess I'll just ask, have you ever had a cocktail somewhere that you have really wanted to recreate at home that was not just something that, like, is a classic, like, cocktail that everybody knows the recipe for? Um, I'm sure I have. I, I'm, I'm not, not thinking of any, like, recent example that's, that's coming to mind. But you've never followed up on that, that want? Um, I mean, maybe I have, but not, not like recently, no, nothing that's like, yeah, coming immediately to mind. Okay. So there is a very cool, fun bar in the, I don't, does, does Fort Mason count as the marina? Oh yeah, I, I, I would say so. But there's a, there's a great bar, uh, called the interval. Instead oh of, like, yeah. Tucked away mm-hmm. in Fort Mason yep. and most people don't know about it and it's, it's lovely and, and nerdy and usually most nights they don't play the music too loud. Um, and they have a fantastic cocktail that I really enjoy called the three word title. Um, and it's sparkling wine, vodka, and a few other things. And it, it and it's something that I've tried Googling several times and have never found any type of recipe that seems like it would have made sense. And then I just posted a I just posted a picture of it on Reddit and just said, Hey, I'm trying to re uh remake this. Can somebody help? And yeah, somebody came up with apparently it is a take uh is a vodka-based interpretation of the classic gin-based cocktail called the Saturn cocktail. And uh, I tried making it at home, and it's like 87% of the way there. So uh, yeah, this was a fun little project for me. And I will 
try to remake it this weekend probably and take better pictures of it. Um, I did post one in Slack and yeah, I, it was, I was very pleased to be almost all the way there. And actually, since I'm a gin guy, I actually think it might be interesting to try it with actual, like the way it was supposed to be, which is gin instead of vodka. Hmm. Yeah, that was fun. Good little weekend project. 